1: You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. Some alongside me is Taylor Dammel and The Shark. We're brought to you by Dash Radio and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. I actually heard Chase Tapley, former San Diego State Aztec, subscribe, so you should as well. I went with Chase Tapley because on Twitter today, we actually got some very nice words from a San Diego State alum and our good buddy, Eric. Oh, yeah. So I had to give I had to give some love to San Diego State today. So
0: should we not bring up Nick Johnson beating the shit out? Of, was it was it a Chase Tapley layup on Christmas a couple of years ago in Hawaii? Yes, yes. Or was Chase Tapley just watching it happen? I can't. Remember. No, I think
1: it was Chase Tapley going up for the layup. But we won't bring it up. Don't bring it up. Okay, at all.
0: no, I won't bring it up. I won't yeah. bring it up. Dive Ahead Classic 2013. I want to
1: talk about it. In Hawaii. Check out the website <laughs> at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is. And Taylor at Taylor Dammel. I was going to also say follow the shark. And I think I got sidetracked. And I don't know his handle off the top of my head. Uh, do you know it off the top of your head, Shark? If not, we can I mean, push forward. You put me on
2: the spot on this last week as well, and I still don't. The underscore Shark
1: underscore Double B, I think is there what You go. got. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, yes, that's what it is. That's All right,
1: I'll, is. I'll fill that in moving forward. Uh, we are sponsored by Blue Note, artfully crafted small-batch bourbon, distilled in Memphis and honoring the Memphis Blues. Be noteworthy, Memphis. birthday to the shark big 3-0 tomorrow huh
2: yeah it's you know it's creeping up father life life creeps up on you um but i i went out into the woods this week just to kind of center myself get back to neutral you know uh take inventory on what what my life has been thus far and here i am uh, on the eve of turning 30 recording a podcast with uh you two um individuals uh, about uh a college basketball slate that is just disgusting right now. So you, hell of a life.
1: You did a little Henry David throw. Isolate yourself for a little bit.
2: Yeah, I did the throw. I uh, I found my myself a pond. Got 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 by the pond. <laughs> pondered a little bit, and um, you know we're we're ready for we're ready to attack this next decade right here. Hopefully, we get some success in the college basketball world because uh, when I look back on my rooting interests over the past ten years. Um, well, the correlation between my fandom and success is not looking very
1: good how was dc how was it weren't you weren't you in dc oh, yesterday?
2: uh no man I, I was out in the fields of virginia i was in, i was in deep deep virginia as i like to call it
0: you know shark as a newly christened 30 year old it's just uh, the first four days of being 30, it's just been completely downhill already. I'm hurting. My back is absolutely a mess. Uh, yesterday, someone may have visited the desert, Subi, Subramanian, right here in the desert. So we had to bring it back a couple of years, acted like we weren't almost or now 30 years old. And I can tell you that I feel much worse as a 30-year-old this particular day than I did when we started doing this. What a decade or so ago,
2: you don't have to tell me about that. I for uh, for my work last week we had a little function. You know, everybody's getting together and we started playing a little flag football. So I had to get in there. I had to take point. I had to run run QB for a little bit and getting the offense going. I'm spraying some you know seven eight yard outs. You know my, my go to pattern. I'm more of a Manziel type guy in the pocket. I really scramble around. It um, literally I threw the ball maybe five times. You know enough to get the flow of the offense going. Enough to get some tempo. And I literally woke up the next day. It felt like I had Tommy John surgery and also had a dislocated shoulder. It, it was unbelievable. Five throws. I mean, we got, we moved the ball. Don't get me wrong. We got the ball going. Uh, we got into what we wanted to do. But gosh, I've come a long way with the, with the old wing here.
0: You know, you got to leave it all in the field, though, regardless of time, place, feeling. You got to leave it all in the field. So it seems like you did that. I'm happy to hear that at your at your and advanced age
1: injuries at our age are just brutal i think i pulled a butt cheek last year playing <laughs> basketball and i, w- I did not even do anything i think that's i just lot. knocked out
0: that's a lot of cheek to pull too right there
1: a lot of meat <laughs> a lot of meat down there premium usda beef but yeah nap uh happy early birthday to you turning the big 3-0 some devastating news for me that i learned over this weekend And now I'm just taking inventory on the college basketball writers and reporters that have blocked me on Twitter. Apparently, I'm blocked by Andy Katz. I don't know what I did to do to get blocked by Andy Katz. I haven't said a bad word about him publicly, at least. He joins Dick Vitale and the guys that have blocked me. And this is actually the most devastating one. He's not a reporter strictly for college basketball like Vitale and Katz are. Marty Smith blocked me. Whoa. And the only... That's a you, major L out there, huge L. The only reason I can think of is Shark. You remember the episode we recorded last year? We had, I mean, we went down a completely deranged rabbit hole of who could steal your girl from the club: Thomas Walkup or Marty Smith? Yeah. And I, I mean, that was uh, I tweeted that out, and that's the only reason I can think of why he might have blocked me. When in reality, that was a that was a tip of the hat to, to Marty Smith to be. Mentioned in the same breath as Thomas Thomas walk up, but other than Trem- that, I have nothing but glowing things to say about Marty. Tremendous tip of the hat. And frankly, when when I look at Marty Smith, I would, I mean, I feel
2: like that guy's got thick skin, you know. Apparently not. I apparently the, the, those uh, that Southern Tide is a little bit sensitive over there, so uh, he, he carries himself as someone that uh, isn't afraid of confrontation, but one beautiful- little. February twelfth is when you
0: tweeted that just f y i
1: what uh, now all, sa-
0: all it' said is who's leaving with your girl, Marty Smith or Thomas walkup that's it
1: I mean, I think now the answer is Thomas walkup clear's <laughs> Yeah,
2: I think we can finally answer that question.
0: Did he block you on both your personal account and the theater account?
1: I think just my personal account interesting, mm-hmm. can still interesting.
2: Slide in there huh yeah. You you won't tweet it again from your personal account right now. <laughs> yeah, get, I will get the debate going again, you know, see see where we're at some you know, eight months later.
1: Yeah. Andy Katz, Dick Vitale, and Marty Smith all walk into a bar. That's the joke right there. But I, I'm gonna have to rebound somehow with the Marty Smith thing. Andy Katz, I don't really care about. I just don't know what I did. But got a big big time show up ahead, Taylor. You're raising your hand. what's what's up? You did
0: receive a tweet from Marty Smith on October 1st, 2016, which involved Brady Stonebolt and Wayne Suretsky.
1: We loved but yeah, Two those very two. upstanding yeah. individuals, right? Yeah, there.
0: exactly. Friends of the program. And Marty, you retweeted a video, and Marty Smith responded to you with, we have a symbiotic relationship, certainly. Those are your only interactions with Marty Stipp. And that was like a positive one. What's going still on here? <laughs> <laughs> this,
1: I, is hey, a, I, this is a public request to Marty Smith. What did I do? Let's 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 get I'll, together.
0: I, I, when I tweet the show out, I'll at him. Sorry, I, I'm interrupting, but I'll at him and then we'll ask the question.
1: No, let's. I, I agree. I, I I need that. I need to get to the bottom of this resolution. Until then, it's Thomas Walkup. Not did Marty you Smith. see?
0: Did you see Marty Smith like wait waiting right in the wings of the background of the Ed Orgeron On-field interview this last weekend, LSU Alabama. He was like three steps back, just like looking annoyed that he wasn't in the front row for that interview. Just kind of like pacing in the background. Oh, yeah. Well, you could see his hair at a like a A a-frame point in the back, and I was like, "Hell, hey, that's Marty Smith back there."
1: Two of the best accents in in the sport right now.
0: Sorry, we can get off this Marty Smith train. I just, I just needed, I needed, I needed the listeners to know your full tweet history with party
1: smith i i I have a range of emotions right now i'm confused (laughs) upset sad disappointed whatever you want to use to describe it it's pretty applicable but we'll get to the bottom of it sooner rather than later hopefully but a lot to get to here in this episode last time we spoke we were excited for james wiseman and we were discussing his epic first first game performance and now we sit here with him being ineligible or potentially being ineligible. So if you've been living under a rock uh, li- right before the the Tigers' second game, him and Penny were in court, right? Because apparently James Wiseman and his family took around 11 k uh, from Penny Hardaway to facilitate his move from Nashville to Memphis. And Wiseman has since now filed a lawsuit against the NCAA. Penny and Memphis basically said, Fuck you, uh, I'm going to play this kid and he did. and Of course, he played very well, especially considering the circumstances. Uh, But I love the move from Penny, essentially showing his ass and and finger to the NCAA. Uh, And I understand the NCAA has to enforce this rule, but point is that this rule sucks. It's a terrible rule. So, I'll start with you, Shark. Your general thoughts on this whole James Wiseman situation. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, I want to tread lightly on this, uh, and not say anything really too inflammatory. But I, I think y- you have to assume that there's more there, right? You got to assume it's more than just small payments made by Penny when Wiseman was moving from Nashville to Memphis. And I don't know, uh, probably because of the the uh, how public the, this let's call it what it is, bribing is young athletes to go to certain schools, how public that's become in the wake of all these federal trials that we've had over the past year. I think he probably was getting paid by Penny Hardaway. And it was probably a lot more than just moving expenses. Um, I don't think it's wrong. I mean, it's part of the game. Yes. Um, And I I don't think that Memphis should necessarily be embarrassed by doing that. They're doing what they have to do to make themselves uh, competitive, to make themselves uh, you know, in a position where they can succeed, but playing him to the point where now you're jeopardizing any sort of postseason, you know, future that they may have. And that's impacting everyone else on the team and doing it just for the freaking retweets and the middle finger to the NCAA that they're trying to do right now. I think that's so short-sighted and so dumb and so disingenuous to the fan base there because they could still make the tournament this year with the players that they have. They could still you know, rally the city in March around a run, but they wanted to make this very brief and selfish decision to play him right now as a fuck you to the NCAA. And again, it, it's great for Friday night, everyone being super excited. And yeah, yeah, take this, take that, NCAA. But in a few months, it's going to look pretty dumb if Memphis isn't allowed to play in the postseason, which oh. – you know, we don't know if that that is what's going to happen, but we we do have some precedent with that being the case.
1: Well, so let me ask you this though: Does the postseason mean anything if Wiseman can't even play? Like, I don't think him playing is going to impact or affect his eligibility for March. It's either yes or no that he's going to play in in March. So I, the point I'm making is, if there's no Wiseman, I mean, what's the well? Point, no, really? if if they play him, it might make the the school ineligible to play in March.
0: But I don't think I don't think the NCA will work fast enough that it'll happen this year. It'll have but, to be, like, two years down the line after, you know, I think Subi and I have both said this, and Shark, you may have too, but let's say Memphis wins the national championship this year, right, or goes to the Final Four and burns down the forum or whatever. I, as a fan, you almost just kind of want that more than, like, oh, great, we, we're allowed to go play in the tournament the next two years. Awesome. It's like, well, I hung a banner, so what if that got vacated? Fuck you. I think that just the actual experience of going too deep in the tournament to the final four to the national championship might be worth it, even if it's all taken away in a year or two.
2: Yeah, and and the, you know that's assuming a lot of things. So they're definitely going to make the tournament, right? Well, we can. Well, yeah, it that yeah, way. right. So they'll definitely get selected. But I don't think this has ever happened in the past where a team has so publicly violated an NCAA. Uh, I guess what's the right word? Um, really? Holding in this case. Um, oh, oh. and we don't know how that's going to be looked at on selection Sunday. We don't know anything about how it's going to go. All I know is that it's a huge risk to just be this defiant to the organization that puts on the, the party, right? They're, they're the ones hosting the party and to be this defiant this early on in the season, when you still have the chance at having a successful year, I think, I, I don't know. I personally wouldn't have done it. I, I, I think Uh, it all happened so quickly on Friday night and, you know, everyone's talking about Leslie balling. And the next thing you know, you got, Oh, he's playing now. Like, Oh, there's a, the judge held up an injunction injunction going on. Like, you know, what, what's going to happen. And, you know, the smarter thing was probably just be like, all right, Wiseman sit the fuck down? Like you're on the team for right now. We're not going to play tonight. Um, but you know, I'm happy he is going to play for my personal, uh, viewing experience because they're going to play Oregon tomorrow night. That'll be a great game. And. It is what it is. But if I was a Memphis fan, like most of the people here at the barn burner, uh, sorry, just burped at the end there, but most people <laughs> at the barn burner, uh, I'd be kind of raising an eyebrow. Like, all right, we we really want to do this. Uh, uh, whatever. You
0: okay, see, funny. I,
2: I think I, I like
0: the move personally. And I think maybe it could be just because Arizona fans went through the Sean Miller thing where he sat out a game and whatever last year. Was that last year or two last year? Yeah. And I think, as the actual fan group that is going through that, I think you all just go through this. Fuck you, NCAA. We're going to do whatever we want because you're not going to keep this from us. So I actually like the move because I'm not saying the Sean Miller thing is exactly the same, but kind of been that kind of defiant. I'm not going anywhere type of move. And so I I like the move to play him because when do you, let's say he's ineligible, they might not decide that he's eligible until after the year. So why take that risk in reverse? Why? Oh, Hey, it's March 28th and we just lost in the elite eight. Oh, by the way, James Wiseman is now eligible to continue to play college basketball decision comes down. Cause you know, the NCAA is dumb enough and they would time this out as their own kind of screw you to Memphis is like literally the first week of April be like, Oh, we've deemed James Wiseman eligible to come back and play college basketball next year if he wants to. So I, why why take that risk if you're Memphis the reverse of what you're saying just win the games and deal with the <laughs> aftermath later because you don't know what 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 the NCA is going to do ever.
1: That's what I'm uh, that's that's kind of my school of thought as well because you only get a year of James Wiseman. You're you're only going to get this season with with Wiseman. So you might as well just empty the clip. Let let him go out there play as much as he can and I, I, Here's my other thing with the NCAA and their statement after that game. It kind of sounded intimidating, but what rule was broken in Penny playing him? Didn't Penny like uh, apply for that emergency whatever it's called, and so that's why Wiseman could play injunction. Injunction, yeah. It, it, like there's there's players out there. So for example, Javon Quinterly, right? He has been officially ruled uh, not eligible to play this year for the transfer portal rules, whatever. So if Nate Oates in Alabama just openly defy, like physically put him on the court, then yeah, that's stupid. You literally can't do that. The thing with Wiseman though is they applied for this injunction; it was granted, and and he can play. Well, no, I, mean, no. I understand it's a bad con- look,
2: but confusing. So the NCAA ruled Wiseman ineligible. An injunction is has nothing to do with the NCAA. This is going to your local judge. In this case, mm-hmm. I think it was, I think it was a federal judge in Memphis uh, that the university applied to say, "All right." Look at this ruling that the NCAA just did. Don't make that go into effect. That's what the injunction was. And then th- that judge said, you're right. Uh, we're going to put a pause on everything right now while we figure all this out. So it, it is a little different. It, it would literally be, to t- uh, keep running with your uh, your other example here, is if they did play Quinterly right now after they're told not to play him. If you go across the other the other side of the state of Tennessee – Tennessee's starting center who they thought was going to be their starting center this year is this big Serbian guy named Urso Plazovic. That name is probably completely wrong in how I pronounced it because I had never seen him play because they thought he was going to play. And then the NCAA ruled that he couldn't. And uh, Phil Fulmer and Rick Barnes are up in arms about it right now. And they're still appealing that over and over again. So these are all examples of coaches, you know, getting a ruling and obeying that ruling Um, because I, I have to think, let's assume that Wiseman's ineligible and they're still playing them right now. I have to think that the consequences are going to be pretty intense for the mm-hmm. university. Um, and the whole assumption, like I get it, empty the clip on Wiseman playing the whole year. Great. That's if it works out and you have the storybook ending that you, you, you want it right. Well, what are, what are more realistic out, uh, endings for the, this sort of thing? You can look at other super great freshmen. You can look at Michael Porter jr. at uh, Missouri who, you know, just never played because he didn't want to. He's making a business decision. He didn't want to keep playing, or he was injured, or that 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 stuff happens, and that could happen with Wiseman, and it could happen where he just the team never clicks, and there's personalities that don't want to play thirty minutes a game on the road against um, Houston in February, and that's entirely possible. But you 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 as the coach should be looking at the your institution, your your university. As the number one priority, not not the, um, and this is pretty cold to say, but not the players' best best interests, or mm-hmm. not the fans' rooting interests. It should be about protecting the institution.
1: Can we take a step back also and just picture this scene an hour until tip, and I got Penny Hardaway in a, in a courtroom. <laughs> right (laughs) for this injunction i mean how funny is that and how how, i'm trying to think of the big men for uic they played illinois chicago and the range of emotions there right you see wiseman and memphis memphis on the schedule to begin the season and you're like oh shit i gotta cover probably the number one overall pick and then he becomes ineligible so you're kind of happy and then and it's like no 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 wiseman's playing it you're like god damn it like obviously we were gonna lose this game regardless. But now I still have to guard James Wiseman, just an absolute roller coaster of emotions. But I just think it's hysterical that Penny thought, okay, well, we got UIC. I'm going to spend as much time as I need to here in this courtroom, because I'm pretty sure everything's figured out.
0: Well, the thing that I think is interesting, well, A is luckily the FedEx forum is in downtown Memphis. So the courthouse is probably literally across the street. So that was helpful. But B is that Apparently, I I did some more reading into this this morning. Um, Apparently, this was a known thing in advance. Like, while he was in high school, the NCAA, Memphis, everybody involved. Well, obviously, Memphis knew about it because Penny was the guy who wrote the check. And Wiseman knew about it. But apparently, all the powers that be had previously known about this. So, I think the timing is really questionable I guess it would be the best way to put it is this was all known information leading up to this and it was before Penny was even a coach at Memphis and so this is going to be a really interesting situation as we go forward for a lot of schools like let's take Jawan Howard at Michigan so where do we where are you allowed to draw the line of okay this guy was a booster or a previous player or a fan but now he's the coach So where do we draw this line? Technically speaking, I am a booster for University of Arizona because I belong to the Wildcat Club and pay literally 99 whole dollars a year to support that. So if I like buy a beer for a guy at a bar, does that mean I'm uh, that I'm doing something illegal, you know, and so, you know, a, a player, I should say. So where do we draw that line of you're the booster, you're the fan, you're the former player, you're the high school coach. Because that's what Penny was, or was he the AAA, AAU coach, whatever? So, if I have millions and millions of dollars, and I'm a, I'm an adult. Well, I guess I am an adult since I'm 30 now. But, where, but where do we draw that line on like supporting someone? Obviously, this might be this. This is more of the naive look at it, where it's like, where do we draw the line of not being allowed to help people or not? So if I have multiple millions of dollars and I'm not even the coach of a college program, am I supposed to not help someone out, especially involved in my AAU program, because I might become the coach of a school one day? There's a lot of gray area in here. And I think it's really, I think it's short-sighted, I would say, maybe of the NCAA to rule him ineligible in a sense that like they there's a, there's equally as much opportunity that he's not ineligible in my opinion. So short short side is not the not the right phrase, but I I also think it was very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, scorned ex lover of the NCAA to tweet a picture of yeah. or a picture of words. It says, "Well, Memphis is playing them tonight, but we told them that I yeah. told them if he didn't get a job, we I was gonna break up with him." You know, like yeah. this. It, it seemed like very like scorned ex lover of the NCAA to tweet out this this like emotional picture they just, they I, just I never
1: know. they never look good in these in these scenarios and i think they obviously know that they're the villain but to take your buying a beer example let me let me tell you if that player is under 21 then yes you are committing a crime <laughs> but okay. and, and I'll, I'll also say this if you're buying a beer for someone who's 21 or older i probably don't want that player on my basketball team <laughs> yeah, my college basketball team that guy yeah, probably sucks i think th-
2: I said this in the beginning. Uh, I think there's probably more there and I'm, I'm sorry to be the one speculating as to that aspect of it, but no, that's fine. If, if it's as a simple, a simple, you know, Oh, you paid for the moving truck or something to get in there. Give me a break. There's plenty of boosters to put it in. quote. I'm doing the quotes right now for everyone listening. There's plenty of boosters that buy drinks or buy low level expenses, uh, to get to this level for the NCAA to take action. I think there's probably a lot more out there. Um, and to go back to a few other things, just because I have to say this, because I'm sure the chief is listening and he's probably rolling his eyes at my legal <laughs> acumen right now. It wasn't a federal courthouse that did the uh, the injunction. It was the Shelby County Circuit Court, which is a state court in Tennessee. Shelby County is where Memphis is, and they are the ones. So probably a little bias right there uh, with the state court upholding the uh, <laughs> issuing an injunction there to make sure that their uh, their most highly touted recruit ever can play in a game. But whatever, we'll see what happens. Um, and you know it. <sighs> I don't know. I'm not sure I would have done it if I if I was Penny, but that, I can get the rallying call that this could uh, lead to for the fan base.
1: I love that we have a, a legal team now here. This is this yeah. is a perspective that Taylor and I cannot bring. You know, I exactly. I, I I've always
2: inspired to be the, the next Roger Cossack, if you recall from uh, growing up on ESPN. <laughs> That guy oh. had it
1: made. <laughs> he co- He covered the absolute shit out of the Kobe trial. I remember that.
0: He literally had one appearance on SportsCenter every three months, and that was his job, unless something serious was going on. Like that Kobe – when was that? In 05, Was it 05 is when the Kobe situation like was, was that. going on? That literally made his entire career.
1: So before we move on to some of these other topics, I do think this is a very fair question to ask with regards to the Wiseman situation. And I'll start with you, Taylor. If Wiseman is – a Duke player or a Carolina player, is he ineligible? Let's say Duke for this particular example.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Duke has probably got
2: it figured out where this stuff doesn't get (laughs) revealed. I mean, they probably have been doing this for 10 years at this point um, and they are running their operation like they're the freaking KGB and they're not going to have any issues like this flare up. Memphis, they've been off the grid for so long. They're getting right back in the game. So they're a little sloppy with their work. And obviously this is what's happened, right? They 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 lose Cal. Cal knows how to run this operation. Cal Cal is like a a capo in the mob. He knows exactly how to run the show. He knows exactly the people he can trust. He knows the lieutenants he wants to use. He knows who to pay. He knows who to take care of everyone. This is like a a brand new mafia regime going into a new city. They're not connected. They don't know anybody. And all of a sudden they slip up and they got to go run to their, their courthouse in town Hope, hope it, it, is,
1: it is kind of funny, too, coming from, from Passner also, who just seems like a completely bumbling clown <laughs> when it comes to this type of stuff. We always get pinched.
0: I think the minute that uh, Emmert is the president of the NCAA, right? The minute he saw Penny and Mike Miller posted up on a private jet, he was just sitting there like, I'm going to get these motherfuckers. Like, this, this this, is not what we're about here at the NCAA, Okay.
1: Don't rock the boat, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't need Memphis coming back from the dead. Even that Calipari team they hated. Yeah. Didn't technically right. no, that season not happen? Yeah,
0: not. well, I don't... Every season doesn't really happen at this point, you know, unless you have a bunch of, like, super seniors on the team. That's the only way you're, you're pretty much still eligible, and everything yeah. is, like, cut and dry and good.
1: Yeah, so Wiseman ineligible for now. We'll see how that plays out. It'll be fascinating to watch. Just for the sake of loving college basketball and the players you will you want wiseman on the floor uh, obviously a lot a lot of other issues surrounding that at the moment
0: so i have a, one more question before we leave this topic though and that is it's it's something that shark said is what is actually preventing anyone from playing like is Con- there any
1: future consequences well
0: right but i mean like it's not like there's an NCA bodyguard that's preventing like Javon Quinterly from stepping onto the court, you know? So like, not that this is a normal thing. And obviously everyone in their right mind wouldn't do this unless it's like a situation like this. So who is, who's stopping anybody from actually playing?
1: Well, I think you also, these coaches need to take a look in the mirror and see if they have actual national title aspirations or not and in college basketball it's such a crapshoot, as we've discussed with teams like south carolina and and loyola chicago going to the final four but nate oates isn't going to completely fuck up his very first season at alabama by forcing forcing the issue on javon quinterly who probably won't make that much of a difference despite his amazing talent james wiseman and Memphis, despite being only ranked, I think, 14 to start the season, have those national title aspirations with arguably the best recruiting class in the entire country. And James Wiseman is that much of a of a difference maker. And so that's why I think I'm sort of siding. Yeah, but if if someone like Nate Oates <laughs> decided to force the issue, I'd say, dude, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, it's all about the end game. I get, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking out loud where it's like, so what if anybody wanted to play – At this point, because that's what it could be, this almost could set that precedent where it's just like, whatever, screw you, NCAA. We're going to put out there whoever we want to put out there and deal with it later.
1: I mean, your your local security guard isn't going to stop James Wiseman from physically Uh, stepping on a basketball court. And
0: what are the ref? Are the refs just going to continually to you know, like if? I guess the same as if they didn't uh, submit the starting lineup in time, what are they just going to give you a, a technical foul? Double, every time the guy's on the court? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. No. Right.
1: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out from one player. Who's uh, out in James Wiseman to another, for a different reason, miles Powell, Devastating news for Seton Hall and Shark. I know you were talking about Seton Hall as potential national title team, a team that, when you look at them on paper and look at how they play, could very well make a, a deep run in March. I had Miles Powell as my Big East player of the year. I think a lot of other people did as well. He was on a lot of All America teams. And what I'm reading with this Miles Powell injury is that he severely uh, sprained his ankle. There isn't necessarily a timetable to return, but we had talked about this prior to the show. He he's had four or five what uh procedures, whatever whatever that no, means. No,
2: not not procedures. It they said five treatments since uh, so whatever that is. Some some freaking uh graduate assistant trainer at Seton Hall, probably giving him a foot massage or something five different times. We've got that. So great reporting from um that actually might have been Rothskin. I'm trying to find it right now. I forget who said that, but it, it was a nugget of information that I certainly didn't move the needle one way or the other for me. Um, it does suck. I mean, he posted on Instagram, everything going to be straight. So, Oh, he's fine, man. He's he, good. He's going to be straight. All, all that matters is he's back from March. Get a good seed. Uh, he should be fine, as long as he didn't break his ankle or anything. If he's got a high ankle sprain, sit him down until 2020, get him back out there for the Big East <laughs> season, we're good.
0: You know the the timing really couldn't be worse from a fan's perspective. I think though, because they play Michigan State this week. I mean, that's would have been an awesome matchup. Yeah, to you, watch, know you know what?
2: Just, just watch watch Thursday Night Football instead. You know. So cool. <laughs> I, was hoping, I do think.
1: Right, well, I, I, me, I was I, just, uh, I was just gonna say I was hoping to to see a Marcus Howard Miles Powell matchup, and so I don't know if we're necessarily gonna get that. I don't know when they play on the schedule, but. If if Powell's out for a lengthy amount of time, I would assume that Marquette plays them prior to his return.
0: Well, I also uh, they also have a matchup with Oregon too here in a couple of weeks over thanks on Thanksgiving, I think. Uh, so that's one that would, and they play Maryland in the non-con too. So they have a lot of big games. They play uh, Iowa State and my boy, our boy, Tyrese Halliburton, and. Um, So that's another matchup that would have been an awesome one to see. Uh, But they play Marcus Howard and Marquette on the 11th of January. So that's two months from today. Um, Yeah, I don't know. You would hope to have him back by then. But, uh, you know, really, if he's not back by the first couple of games of the Big East season, this is going to really obviously change the whole dynamic. I picked them to win the Big East. And I think it's going to pretty much be Villanova's to lose if it, if they were without Miles Powell for even even just a couple games in there.
1: What uh, about Providence? Uh, no, Providence doesn't <laughs> win the biggest. No, no, we got but, a lot for Providence, but yeah, I, I agree yeah. with Taylor in the sense that it's going to be either it was either Villanova's or, or Seton Halls, and then you take out the best player in the conference.
0: Yeah, and I mean they got I guess Xavier could probably slide up there as well um because of that And they actually play Xavier uh first weekend of January so that's going to be a tough one without Miles Powell as well con- assuming he's not back um they're going to be actually in a similar ilk to Memphis and James Wiseman let's say James Wiseman does end up sitting out at any time this year and same with Miles Powell sitting out for a time this year there's these might be the most annoying four seeds of all time if that's how it works out in the tournament. Can yeah. You imagine just four or five seeds just getting screwed if you're that 12 seed, and you're like, oh, awesome. Miles Powell sat out for the whole year, but now he's back, and he's about to drop 35 on us in the tournament. You know, same thing with a uh, – you know, because if you're a 16, 15 seed, you're like, okay, well, you know, we're about to get bundled here, right? But if you're a 12 seed, you're like, oh, this might be the matchup. We got, we're that 12-5. And then you see, like, James Wiseman, who had to sit out for whatever, half a season, or Miles Powell had to sit out for half a season. And you're like, really? OK, so we're we might as well have just been a 16 seed at this point.
1: Yeah. And uh, I can't help but think for a lot of Villanova haters, which I think is pretty much everyone outside of Villanova themselves in the Big East. They're just scratching their head or shaking their head, saying this is the one year that there's a serious competition for that throne. <laughs> and I, I, th- there might have been it last year as well, but. Over the course of these past five years, it's pretty much been Jay Wright's crew running that conference with an iron fist, and then you get Miles Powell and this upstart Seton Hall team, and within a week, that's it looks to be in shambles. And so, I know in our Big East preview, I was talking about Kevin Willard and my complete lack of faith in him. He is going to need to to steady this boat and and keep it keep it afloat, which I don't think he will do.
0: No, I no he's the only reason he would had the opportunity to like win the conference or win coach of the year or whatever it was because of miles Powell without him. They're not winning games or coach of the year or anything without miles Powell. I don't want to say he's the whole team because he's not the whole team, but he's about as much as one person's team that is good or one school's team that is good. You know, they're the better version of Marcus Howard and Marquette.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, You can you can pretty much come close to saying he's the whole team. It's like a pizza, right? He is the cheese, the sauce, and like whatever toppings you want on it. Everyone else is basically the crust.
0: Don't forget, don't forget to get, don't forget to get that bread, though. Sue, I I haven't,
2: I haven't said anything during this uh, this segment intentionally because I was recording it on my phone so I could play it for you guys (laughs) in March uh, because. I, I don't know how you can count out C the Hall just yet, even even without Miles Powell. I mean, they just they, they gotta tread water. They they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be fine. I, they return pretty much everyone from that team last year, and that team last year wasn't just Miles Powell. They got you got the guy with the wicked long last name that uh, wore wore the long sleeve the short sleeve uh, t underneath it. M- Mikailik, I'll just call him that. That guy S- hit big group. <laughs> Is that who you're referencing? Uh, <laughs> no, Mamu
0: Mamu Kalashvili.
2: Yeah. Machiavelli, Ma- Sandro yeah. <laughs> Machiavelli here. Um, good ball player, hits big shots. They got their starting Powell honestly plays more off the ball than anything, and their starting point guard is still back too uh, in McKnight. So I think they're going to be all right. And then you have a great coach. You got a great Big East coach that's going to keep them around. But
1: a great coach? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, that's where we completely differ. You don't that's think why Kevin, I- you
2: don't think Kevin Willer is a good coach? Great coach? I- I'd call him a great coach. What? <laughs>
1: You t- you're throwing that term around way too loosely. Followed. Okay,
2: um, w- where was Seton Hall like 10 years ago?
1: Where were they for, like two years ago? They were pretty miserable. Um, what? Well, what? Like a- I, I'm sorry, we're ago. saying like his, his I think he's, success I think he's is directly
2: coach. correlated with Miles Powell. I think Kevin Willard is the kind of coach that will one good season here because he's, he's in the middle of his run right now with the team. He is on a, a the path to coaching the more elite schools and power conferences, yeah, that, I that, think he's on that path. That Hold that, that,
1: that run eerily um, coincides with Miles' Powell. It's crazy.
2: I have a
0: I have an answer Not to really. where where Seton Hall was ten years ago, and that was Kevin Willard's first year. It was ten yeah. years ago.
2: Okay, so then <laughs> and they it didn't them- and
0: they, did it, they didn't make the tournament it, until. Five years down,
2: and, and all they've, of their- they've made the they've made the tournament four straight years. Seton Hall, what 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 was Seton Hall doing before Kevin Willard?
1: What were they doing before Miles Powell? That's what I'm. That's that's what I'm. They're making at. the
2: tournament. Powell's a junior. All right, this is his third year. Willard's made the tournament four straight years.
1: So half the time, but you're you're I mean, giving them right. What,
2: what do you think happens at these shitty New Jersey type schools? <laughs> you think you can just magically snap your fingers and you're going to be in the tournament? Look at the Paul. Look at the schools like DePaul. Look at even worse schools in uh, other uh, power conferences. Here's Look what I'm going to do. Uh,
1: I'm going to send you back out to the woods to think about the the adjective you yeah, used yeah. when describing Kevin Willard. Great. I think he's a great coach. He's going to prove it this year. Like, mean, what do you I, guys I,
2: want him to do? Wave a magic wand and get in the tournament each year? This is Seton Hall. All right, I Seton will, Hall. No, nobody from nobody from Jersey City or nobody from Trenton or nobody from the Bronx is knocking down the door to go to Seton Hall. You guys are a bunch I, of idiots.
0: I will give either of you $100 if you can tell me who the coach, any of the previous coaches, Seton Hall, over the last 20 years.
2: That I can't do. Uh, before Kevin Willard, they made the tournament in 2006, and then he's made it four straight years when he was hired in 2010. So, whatever. Bobby it's, like, it's the same thing like Greg Sciano. Greg Sciano, when he coached Rutgers, Rutgers was a terrible program, and he made him relevant. And now he's going to go back and he's going to do it again because I'm a big Shiano guy. Big Rock <laughs> Rocker's football, baby. Chopping wood.
1: Yeah, well, your 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 graduate school there, Tennessee, completely bundled that.
2: I agree. I was um,
1: Your classmates did. Still have.
2: <laughs>
1: Miles Powell injury, uh, no good, though, for, for Seton Hall. Uh, Shark is on record as saying that they're going to stay afloat and be competitive. I'm not saying Seton Hall's dead but I just don't trust Kevin Willard whatsoever. So I actually think that's our biggest point of contention. So we'll see how how that plays out. Let's head to the ACC now, a very perplexing team. This team has just vexed us, and that's Florida State because they lost to Pitt and then turned around and beat, I think, number four-ranked Florida on the road yesterday. So Florida State, what do you make of these guys?
0: Well, Florida was number six, and it was – a win and a loss for me at the same time because I picked Florida to win the SEC, which they very much still could because obviously we're in the non conference schedule. But uh, taking an L early to a Florida State is not good. Actually, Florida State's sixth straight win over Florida, which was crazy when I read that. But a win for me because I did pick Florida State and Leonard Hamilton. I picked Leonard Hamilton as my coach of the year in the ACC. Um, Florida fell to 15 today in the poll, which, say what you will about preseason polls and 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 whatever whether they matter or not but you know if you just look in a vacuum why would florida even be ranked right now they beat north florida by 15 and then lost to florida state so if we're just taking you know if if there's no such thing as a preseason poll florida's not ranked because they got lost they lost by 12 to florida state uh florida state i love their consistency because both of their games have been 63 to 61 games one win one loss i don't know what to make necessarily about pitt I guess they are a major team so maybe it won't be that bad of a loss but I I think this is a worse loss for Florida than it is a good win for Florida State because I think Florida came in with a lot of I don't want to say a lot of hype but they were you know one of the, the the two clear best teams in the SEC and to lose the second game of the year to a cross state li- rival is not a good look at a, a team that you have that has a lot of hype surrounding it
1: I think they came in with a shitload of hype uh, with the Kerry Blackshear transfer, and then right. I think a lot sure. of people buying stock in Mike White, and they're they're a pretty uh, senior laden team as well. So this was a this was kind of a surprising early season loss for Florida, but I, I don't think Leonard Hamilton gets enough credit for being as good a coach as he truly is. He gets if his Florida State teams to elite eights, uh, I think twice in the past seven years or so, and he's always got them competitive in a, in a. Difficult conference, so I love Leonard Hamilton. Florida, I'm surprised they were they seemed ill-prepared for a a Leonard Hamilton-type team. But, Shark, can you make heads or tails of this Seminole team?
2: Yeah, this is kind of uncharacteristic for them. They're normally going to be uh, flying under the radar, and they're kind of making this bold move early on, so I'm not sure what old Lenny's got up his sleeve this early on in the year. Um, but I think this tells us more. I mean, Florida State it really is the same team every single year. Very athletic, big front yep. court. And they um normally they have some talented wing players that uh can emerge, and we've seen a few of them emerge over the past few years here, but we'll see who it's gonna be this year. As for Florida, um, I think they needed this, they need to get humbled a little bit because everyone, you guys included, um, was really trumpeting the Kerry Blackshear as if he was going to be this guy that's going to take him to the next level. Now, Kerry Blackshear, he's a very good college basketball player, um, but he's not a freak athletically. He's just sound on the post. Uh, and in this game, he kind of got a little bit exposed. He didn't even score a field goal. He had all 10 of his points were from the free throw line. Um, and I, I think it's you, – you're – Florida Gator fans need to understand that what they're getting at Kerry Blackshear is a veteran, someone that's going to make smart basketball plays for you. That's going to be more of the, um, more of a. I'm trying to think of a good example right off the top of my head here. More of an Eric Montross than a uh, Greg Oden or anything like that. He, he's not going to be someone that is going to completely take over the game, but he's going to make smart and
1: wise decisions. I like that reference right there. Yeah.
0: It's going kind of deep right there.
1: I haven't heard Yo, a good Eric Montrose <laughs> reference in a minute.
0: If you look at uh, Florida State's stat line from that game, too, it's one that you would look at and be like, oh, they must have had an okay game. Because their highest score only scored 13 points. Nobody really jumped off the stat sheet at you. Um, you know, Florida even themselves only had two scores and double figures. And I, I know Florida only scored 51 points. So, you know, that's not a very uh, potent Offense there at if you have a guy like Kerry Blackshear that's supposed to be kind of the center of your team. Do you think it says anything about Florida's aspirations for this year? Because I don't consider Florida like a team that's going to grow into itself. I know Kerry Blackshear is new this year, but you look at like a Kentucky, right? Or any of those teams that have a lot of freshmen on it, you think to yourself, okay, well, this team's got a lot of talent, but they might still need some seasoning to grow into this. This isn't, a, this isn't a young team, Florida, and it it might be a, a a red flag early to say, is is our ceiling actually lower than what we anticipated it to be?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's – they're going to get better. Nobody's playing perfect ball right here in November. Well, sure, but, sure. But that's the reason why I picked Kentucky, because I just think that they're straight up a better team and they have a higher ceiling. Uh, but that's why I picked Kentucky to win the SEC, and I think it's going to be on Mike White to, to make adjustments because – Like I said, this game, I don't know how you come out as a top five team, cross-state rival, at home, on a Sunday, crowds packed, and just look so ill-prepared. And so I do think that they were kissing their own ass a little bit, reading their own press clippings. And I am a little worried about how reliant they're going to be on Kerry Blackshear. They're going to need some production from others because obviously Blackshear didn't have it on Sunday. And they lost by double digits, pretty handily. I think it was essentially a wire-to-wire win for the Seminoles. So, uh, I just, I, I think the, in the SEC, there, them and Kentucky are the clear-cut favorites. But after a week, I'm even even more comfortable with my uh, my take on Kentucky as opposed to Florida.
0: Yeah, there's been a couple teams that I've had that thought on. Purdue is one of those teams. Because uh, Purdue lost to Texas uh, this weekend as well. Texas so that's actually
1: an- might be decent.
0: No, and that... Well, we kind of talked about that in our preview episodes. Is, this is like a put-up or shut-up year for Shaka Smart. And it was... That was a good basketball game. It wasn't like, you know, the Florida-Florida State game. Florida State handled Florida the entire game, like you said. The Texas-Purdue game was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So you could, you could easily say that, okay, these two teams are good, whereas... At the Florida State-Florida game, I would almost say that, like, Florida didn't strike me as that good, especially because they only beat North Florida by 15 the game before. So if you string those two together, you might look at this and be like, well, me, someone who picked Florida, well, I might, cl- I might already be off in my assessment of this team.
1: Yeah. All right. So it's been a week into the season. And I've already got a bone to pick with Danny Hurley. We had the crier on a couple of weeks ago during one of our previews, and he was discussing about how Danny Hurley took some veiled shots at Ed Cooley. And, you know, the crier, you know, he's going to manufacture any sort of inspiration for him, <laughs> manufacture any sort of hate for towards Yukon. Uh, and so Danny Hurley, after Yukon's uh, win, was doing his post-game interview, and it just sounded like he was bowing down to Providence. 22. What was the biggest difference from the first half to the second half to lead you to this win? We just played with more urgency. You know, after the three seasons that we're coming off of here at UConn, you know, we, we should never put ourselves in a mental position where we're complacent. I think our guys read too much into the score of the – Providence Sacred Heart game, and uh you know, we're not at the level of Providence is at right now as a team and I think we were uh we took them lightly and uh, it was embarrassing for us uh it, to me it seemed very weak and at the same time it's like he's trying too hard to kill kill Ed Cooley and PC with kindness like he he, he straight up said we're not as good as Providence right now you know we, we we still have a long way to go uh side note on Danny Hurley John Rothstein called him the carpenter That's his now Danny Hurley tweet is Danny Hurley, the carpenter. Thoughts on the carpenter line and also thoughts on Danny Hurley's uh, reaction. I'll start with you shark. Great nickname. First of all, uh, the (laughs) carpenter, (laughs) I mean, he nailed it.
2: Rothstein has done it again. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, this is the ebbs and flows of Danny Hurley basketball right here. You just got, you got to ride the tide when you can. And, uh, you know, this is this is what UConn wanted, so this is what UConn's going to get, and it, it's only going to m- mean anything if he starts putting up putting up the dummies when they need to have it. So I, I haven't had an opportunity to watch him play yet this year. Um, they, they haven't been really taking over the ESPN market on prime time evenings just yet, but once they do, uh, I'll pop in and see what they have to say. But really, um, to get that a nickname like that this early in the year, that, that, that's well done.
1: I just think Hurley's kind of hedging his bets in, in a way, like. I don't know if they play, but I—they're I, obviously being compared to each other, and I think it'll be for down the road when they eventually Yukon rejoins the Big East. But he's just getting, like, he's—he's he's getting on his knees and kissing Ed Cooley's ass already, and it's like if—if if and when they lose to Providence, you know, he, I think he's just doing his best to not give them any bulletin board material. But the Crier and Cooley already have that as it pertains to Rothstein's carpenter nickname i obviously I'm all on board because Rostin can do no wrong, but I feel like John at this point has so much leeway with me that he can literally call anyone anything. Like he could say Dan Hurley the Buddhist. I'd be like, that's <laughs> perfect. It doesn't fit whatsoever. But if if he tweeted that, I'd say that's an awesome nickname. So let me
0: ask what is potentially a dumb question, which I'm willing to I guess admit. What was the, I guess, what was the point of what Danny Hurley was trying to say in the first place?
1: Dude, I, that's that's the other thing. It, it just, I, I don't think he was asked about PC at all. He just, I, he shoehorned them in.
0: I've been striving to find a connection between the why. Like, do they play them this year? No. Did, are they in the same conference? No. Are they, I mean, I guess they're recruiting the same area? but I, I I don't really understand. I, I don't understand why the what what the compare at least if you could say like oh man we're not as good as Iona right now well they play him in three weeks okay so at least whatever they even that would be more of like a relevant reference than just another New England team you you could have said that about a lot of other teams in
1: New England yeah, well, i guess I,
0: I, I don't I don't know
2: I think it's definitely calculated, and we all don't. We're all not supposed to understand it right now. You don't <laughs> get the nickname "the Carpenter" by accident. The reason I think this is my interpretation of why you're calling someone a Carpenter. He, he he's a blue collar poly, blue collar guy. He grew up in Jersey City. He went to Saint Anthony's. Played for his father, um, and a carpenter is a blue collar profession, but it also requires a certain level of meticulousness, uh, focus and working within your craft. And I think he's probably doing that with that comment about Providence. He's probably in a recruiting battle right now. Maybe it's a veiled shot at Ed Cooley. Maybe Ed Cooley thought he had a recruit in the bag right there. and didn't didn't work out because Danny Hurley waltzed in and took the recruit. So maybe he's dancing on Ed Cooley's grave off to the side right there. Or maybe he's doing it because he's trying to get a recruit to see, you know, I'm very professional um, within this industry. I'm I'm a straight shooter. I don't know. But all I know is uh, I wouldn't bet against him.
1: I just just think the Hurleys love attention. Complete attention horse. So Danny Hurley – and UConn still in the midst of turning that program around. Let's talk about another rebuilding job. And it's not going so hot to start the season. Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska. I know we discussed this on last week's episode, but he loses again this time to Southern Utah in double overtime. And I understand that he needs time to to turn this around. He needs time to implement his culture, get his own recruits, things of that nature. But these are two wins that he should have won right you have a better basketball team than than both of those than both of your opponents especially southern utah and this is actually the exact time when he's 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 pretty much burning his goodwill right now with the fan base because this is right now the time when he needs to get people on his side by beating these inferior opponents you you have plenty of time to get your shit kicked in by michigan michigan state and the rest of the big 10 you should be winning these games right now and and building up some sort of hope owen 2 Not a great start at all for Fred Hoiberg. Taylor, thoughts on Hoiberg?
0: Well, I kind of mentioned them as a potential, like, surprise team in the conference. Well, that's way out. Just cancel cancel culture me on that. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, what is there to say, really, that more than that, like, they've just sucked, really. You don't – you can't lose these games. I don't care if you're the worst team in the major – in any major conference. You cannot – lose these games let me let me dive in one second to our previous topic ed cooley had previously said something negative about uconn in uh during the media days uh ed cooley said that uconn was wasting money on football and at the big east take the high them. road
2: i love it from the carpenter he's taking the high road that's exactly what he's doing right there he's above so, the storm he knows what he's doing
0: so that was a month ago and he had it noted he had it noted in there so um he said cooley speaking about the the biggie said we gave them new life, so that's what that was probably a hundred percent. That's where that was from. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I I thought I I think very highly of Fred Hoiberg, and I think he's an awesome college coach. But I just I I, I even if you don't have any talent, you still gotta beat the shittiest schools imaginable, right? I I, I don't. I, i'm not sure if there is really any analysis into this other than to just say like what in the hell was that
1: yeah and shark i know you said last week you got to give them time to turn it around as we had acknowledged but even you have to be a little concerned this the start to quote uh mr deeds and the beard is troubling
2: yeah i think it, i think that's a an apt quote right there father that's a good one um yeah, I, I, I'm going to still stand by my boy Fred here. I think he will get it turned around, but I, I think um, you can you can start the show a little bit better than this one.
0: Well, and, and Nebraska is not like, it's obviously not a basketball program, right? But they still made, made the NIT the last two years, which I'm not saying that's like, that we're not hanging our hat on that, but there was at least a good player or two on the team to to be this. That means that you're one of the, 80 best teams in college That was basketball. the
2: team that it had all their players were juniors and not in the what year they were in school, but their last name literally had a junior at the end of each <laughs> They had a starting five of juniors, and they didn't make <laughs> the well, tournament. Clearly, that's what
1: they're lacking. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, Fred Hoiberg, he's going to need to turn it around quick there at Nebraska, and uh, he's get, he gets, obviously – it gets tougher being in that Big Ten and all those really good teams. So uh, it's, it's going to be a deep conference. you got Ohio State playing well also. So we'll see what Fred Hoiberg does at Nebraska. And then from one Big Ten team to another, Indiana, Archie Miller was asked about load management. And this is what I hate the most about coaches, whether it's professional or college. He pretended that he hadn't even heard of the term. It's like Bill Belichick being like, oh, I don't, I don't know, you use, I don't use SnapBook or like, I don't use FaceTagram or anything. Like he, he clearly knows what these things are, and he's trying to mesh them together. So Archie Miller, it pretends that he's never heard of the term, right? And then the very next sentence that he says, he talks very specifically about Doc is fine. I only played four minutes left. it's a student load management, like
2: coming back. Load from- management? What is that? Uh, coming back from injury, conditioning, like.
1: Load management.
2: Yes. Load management is that is that something like they got going on in like the NBA or something like that? Yes. I think Doc Rivers got fined like fifty thousand dollars for like talking about load management. I don't think I should talk about yeah. load management. That. John. there's no load management in college basketball. You play every minute that you can play. And in Duran's case, I thought his minutes in the game were pretty good. I told him after the game he should have got a little bit more run there. But the way our team is built right now, you're going to have to find a way on the floor with your opportunities and cash
1: in, and he'll do that. Like he knows exactly what's going on with load management. It was so contradictory. You clearly know what's happening. And he's just been, he was such a hardo about it in in his presser. He basically scoffed at the question, thought load management was for the birds, which, uh, you know, have your own opinion on it. I just, I, I don't understand why this triggers so many people, though. And, and upset so many people,
0: but like load management in general.
1: Yeah. When, when you ask, okay, uh, this freshman, he, 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 might be hurt or, you know, are you going to potentially take it easy on him? And Archie Miller is just like, oh, we're, we're not pussies here at in Indiana. Maybe you should think about doing some load management because Indiana has not been very good under his tenure.
0: Well, in a, in a more recent analogy, for example, Nick Saban, literally in the pregame show before the LSU Alabama game this week, said, I don't know what we're ranked. Yeah. Okay.
1: Did right. he really he's, say that?
0: Yeah. He's like, well, it doesn't really matter until the which is true. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter, but there's no way you don't know where you're ranked in the college football playoff. And it's literally posted on every, especially in a place like Tuscaloosa, you know, like what? You just don't watch the news or read the paper or get on you, whatever. Anyway. Um. RT Miller said, and I quote, that load management was the stupidest shit ever, is what he said about it. And I, well, I know why people have a, like, I, I have been victimized personally by load management in the NBA before. Okay, let's take a walk down memory lane, if we may. When we were really in our basketball infancy, us, um, I went to Seattle Supersonics, Toronto Raptors game. And my uncle got us phenomenal seats in Key Arena, awful basketball arena at Key Arena, and I'm like, this is gonna be sick. Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Tracy McGrady is like a rookie, Vince Carter. This is gonna be dope. And none of those motherfuckers played. What That's could what have been? <laughs> what could have been? What could have been one of the seminal moments of my basketball fanhood? I watched Vin Baker take turnaround mid-range jump shots and like vladimir rodmanovich take threes for an entire game where i should have seen vince carter and receiving lobs from mo pete and shit so that's I why people i have- don't know
2: i don't know what you're complaining about if i could go back in time and watch vinnie baker run the post one last time
1: i'd love to do that Big <laughs> vin winner. baker fans here yeah <laughs> so that's pre- why people probably from- vin, baker- vin baker too
0: yeah oh no it's probably i it was probably right in this. probably Prime. right there right yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair point. That's why people have problems with load management, right there. Personally, just, but I, they, they, I
2: don't. Right. think so for the personal. so for Indiana, it, who's he load managing here? The uh, Dale Davis kid? The <laughs> no, the uh, Jackson Tracy Jackson Davis, their their big center that they have this year. Like who else? I mean, Romeo Langford's not on the team. Who's who would Archie Miller be load managing on a subpar, underperforming Indiana team that he's not gotten to the tournament and during his tenure? So I kind of back him for his incredulous response. Like, dude, really? Like, I'm in a position right here at, at Indiana to load manage any of these guys that haven't played in a big game in my three years here.
1: Yeah. Was
0: he, why was he even asked about load management in the first? I, th- I think
1: because the player in question, who I don't know, admittedly, it, no. I think that he was he was injured there.
0: or something. Oh yeah. Okay. He's trying I mean, to get
1: him back into the fold. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they just. Randomly asked him like, "Hey, you see what's what's going on with this load management stuff?" And he was like, "He just goes, oh, I, I, I load management. What's that? Hey, oh, is hey, that Archie?
2: Well, I got you up there. What do you think <laughs> about these impeachment proceedings that
1: we've got <laughs> going on? Give me your thoughts on Hong Kong, please." <laughs> yeah, but I, I just. We get it, Arch. I mean, we we know you're a salt-of-the-earth type of guy. You grew up in Pennsylvania. You, you don't you do not do this load management bullshit, as you had mentioned. But again, maybe maybe you should give it a whirl, right? Maybe you should manage, manage your players a little bit better so that they don't finish, like, 18 and 15 every single year. So Archie Miller, load management presser. Uh, let's round this show out. I'm bringing back a segment here, Shark. And this will be a new one for you, Taylor. Mm. But before we do that, a quick message from Zach and the Barnburner Podcast Network. All right. I had mentioned that we were bringing back a segment. I had to scrap it for the summer because literally nothing happens in college basketball historically over the summer, but it's twit time. This week in feet, baby. This week in feet, November 6th, 1861, the godfather himself. The godfather, James Naismith is born. And along with it, college basketball was born. Wow. So shout out to the, the James Naismith. You and
2: wait—is it born just because he was born, and it would never would have been born if he he wasn't born?
1: Yeah, maybe not along saying? along with it. Like it's not like college basketball yeah. came out the womb as well. But James <laughs> yeah. James well, Naismith tenuous, came but, out.
2: Right. Well, yeah, I and mean, we we could keep going all the way back in, until when man was born. At that point, and say <laughs> college basketball was born then too. So
1: six degrees of separation. Yeah, we could play that actually. So what what are you guys? A couple couple of Scorpios? Is that what I'm here? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a like Scorpio.
0: Us and Jimmy Nasmith, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, true. Yeah, your birthday. Wow, lot of Scorpios. That's what we. I, I need to reenact that that uh, J- Adazio. Yeah, we, we don't.
2: I I am in a rough place with Adazio, so can we please not <laughs> reference him right now? A lot
1: of Scorpios.
0: Hashtag hashtag Scorpio season.
1: All right, Taylor. I would you, never.
0: You, I would never ever. I don't even give a shit about that stuff at all. But sure. Hashtag Scorpio
1: season. Well, let me tell you something. This is what I learned from from my fiance, that the most compatible matches in uh, the the sign, whatever, stratosphere. Horoscopes?
0: Horoscopes? Yeah,
1: there's a a term for that. The most compatible are Cancers and Scorpios. I'm a Cancer. Wow.
0: Is Danielle, my girlfriend, a Cancer then, too? Because her birthday. Same week as you. July Yes, she is. Holy shit. Wow. Wow.
1: This is gr- Wait, when's when's Conway born? Shark, I, I'm not even listening to anything you guys are saying. <laughs> I, I I genuinely want to know this. When is when is when is Conway born? Yeah. Is she in July? Yeah. Just answer that. No. Okay. That's all oh I mean. oh yeah.
2: Right. Really groundbreaking theory you guys got over there. It's not a theory. Can we talk about college basketball? Because I, I have a bold yeah. prediction that I want to make that I've been sitting on. All right. Is this your hug? No, it's not a hug. Oh, All well, right. then go ahead, a, go yeah. ahead. I thought we were going to, I thought there was going to be a little pocket of time here where we're going to talk about Oregon Memphis on Tuesday night. Let's talk. We're going to have nothing else to watch that night. And I came away from this weekend, uh, and going into tomorrow's game. I want to get this on the record right now before that game is played. Oregon's going to the final four. Oregon, Oregon's my team. I'm riding. Wow. Oregon. I'm riding Oregon. I love that team right here. Uh, you know obviously you got Pritchard coming back for the 17th year he's gonna gonna raise a family um, <laughs> on, on, on the bench there I mean that guy just refuses to go away he's exactly what you need in a senior point guard then they had I was watching them play Boise State like very late over the weekend um, they don't miss they don't miss threes they legitimately don't miss threes and they're they're gonna be super athletic as they always are and they're gonna completely expose uh, Memphis tomorrow night and then I also you brought it up when we were talking about seton hall I got to thinking that Oregon's they're, they're playing everybody in the non-conference. It's like the hardest schedule I've ever seen. I love what Dana's doing to these boys right here. Give them a good punch in the face at, in, uh, in the fall and into the early winter, and then you're going to play your pack schedule at the end of the year, hopefully get a two seed, and just coast to the Final Four. I love that. Um, so I really don't have anything other than to say other than just to make sure that the record is capturing my stance right here. Final Four, possibly national champions this year.
1: Well, since we are discussing this game, I feel like we've been robbed. And again, this is how you tie a show all the way back together. James Wiseman and Dante and Folly Dante. Uh, I think about three or four weeks ago, we were sitting here on this on this show, Taylor, and we were saying, that's going to be a delicious matchup. I'm talking three-course meal. Wunderbar. Awesome matchup between Dante and and Wiseman. And now we get neither of them. What we doing for that first course? I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't come out. Ideal
2: scenario. What are you doing for that first course? You're sitting down for a three course meal. You go in soup. You go in Caesar salad. What are, you, what are you leading it off with? Maybe Big some oysters. Salad. Oysters. Salad? Oh. <laughs> oysters trying I, to get a little horny. I might throw in. I might throw in the oysters every once in a while. Let the body not. Let the body know that you're about to. Um, you're about to have an experience here. Only
1: <laughs> only grief is more powerful after Odisiac than oysters. than oysters. The legend. <laughs> So, But, yeah, that's my only thoughts on this game is no Dante and no Wiseman, which stinks, but it's still going to be a, a great matchup between two top 20 teams.
0: Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm subscribing to Oregon to the Final Four. but uh, Subscribe yeah, right now. They've got talent. Okay, so does, does them winning or losing tomorrow night change that prediction?
2: Or you not just, at all. Not at all. Yeah. I, love, I love the fact that they have the balls to play it. I love that. Fearless team, fearless coach, fearless point guard. What, what else do you more?
0: I mean, it's What's not like it's that? not like Memphis was this good when this game was scheduled. They sucked when this game was scheduled, so they probably it's not like you're fearless by scheduling a team five years in advance.
2: I don't know. Maybe maybe they did see this coming. <laughs> maybe they, knew, maybe,
0: they uh, knew Penny Dana Altman wrote Penny an eleven thousand five hundred dollar check. To get James Wiseman to go to Memphis, so they could have this
2: matchup here in or 2019. Or he knew about them. That he knew about the move from Nashville to Memphis. He <laughs> might have had boots on the ground there and saw it coming.
1: I'm so <laughs> into this conspiracy theory. This is exactly the Charlie Charlie Day uh, meme where he's ticking and tying all the strings together, and, and it's always sunny. That's what we're doing right now.
0: What does Rothstein have? It's they're not scouts. They're deeply entrenched.
1: Moles. Performance. Moles.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: Okay. Okay. Interchangeable.
0: (laughs) The moles were the moving guys. They were the two dudes and two men in a truck or whatever that moving company is. They're two. Yeah. I get it. It's all coming together now. Uh,
1: I got the antennas up right now, (laughs) man. I got the aluminum foil 10 hat. Uh, Okay. Taylor, talk to me about your hug because you teased it before we went on on air here and you said you have uh, a hug that I would be very happy with.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to play some background music behind this, hopefully. Wow. This is next level.
1: Yeah, so you, you're prepped with this, huh?
2: I don't know if our operation's up for this.
0: So today is the 30, I don't know, the 40-year anniversary of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. So I'm going to shout out not only one of my favorite songs by Gordon Lightfoot, but I'm going to s- shout out Castleton College's Edmund Fitzgerald, the 6'8", 195-pound senior from Yonkers, New York. Shout out to my man. At Castleton, a sparking Edmund Fitzgerald.
1: Absolutely incredible. Literally only on Titch will you be able to get college basketball talk, Edmund Fitzgerald, and horoscope talk. This is called versatility, boys. <laughs> uh, top I mean, that, I, shark.
0: How, how many times have I accidentally sang that in front of you, Subi? I mean, we lived together for a number of years. I don't know why. It's always a song that's stuck in my head, but there we go.
1: How do you top
2: that, shark? Well, I top it by uh, giving a hug to someone who won the weekend. Um, And he won the weekend just solely because his name being thrust into the public sphere. And that is none other than Leslie Ballin. Leslie Ballin, the attorney representing, I'm not quite sure what he's doing for James Wiseman yet, (laughs) but he's linked with Wiseman in some capacity uh, just by the fact that his name was Leslie Ballin, which you can run with that as far as you want to. But he is associated with it now. People can Google him. He is in the news. He, he is the hero in Memphis. He is every young lawyer's dream. You know, you're know, you you're, you're out there. You're the one representing the beloved figures. Uh, and then, oh, by the way, you're going to have people look into your background and see all this great track record that you've had as a criminal defense attorney. And he is going to have business literally for not only his the rest of his life, but his future family's rise. The younger Ballins, the baby Ballins, they're all going to be taken care of because of one frickin' tweet sent on Friday night, and that automatically made this guy the most famous man and the go-to lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. I would I would stand up, and I was kind of searching his name and trying to learn a little bit about him, and I'm seeing like these people coming out of the woodworks in Memphis tweeting like, yeah, you know, I had Ballin back in two thousand and eight. I had five pounds of weed on me. He got it dropped to a misdemeanor. Like people it was it was like a going to an award show for Leslie Ballin where people didn't have to be there and present. They could just tweet their great stories of Leslie Ballin. So you had that one, you had people with DUIs getting dropped to reckless driving. Anything positive Leslie Ballin has ever done will be put into the public light. And that is because he is the man standing up for James Wiseman right now. So
1: so uh, I, I definitely thought that was a woman. Well that is
2: uh, just because his name's Leslie doesn't automatically you shouldn't automatically assume gender. All right. So, Leslie uh, yeah. is a fine southern name.
0: So did you happen to see what law firm he works for?
2: Ballin Ballin and whatever fishman? And some, some other yeah, Ballin, some other Ballin name. Ballin and Fishman. fishman yeah, fishman sneak in there. <laughs> so
0: I think I think the only better name than Leslie Ballin is his brother Blake Ballin. Like yeah. Ballin Brand, I mean, they, they need to get
2: a third Ballin, Ballin, and Ballin. I mean, come on, Fishman, yeah. get out of there, bro.
1: Yeah, Fishman really is ruining this whole thing. I mean, I no, I,
2: to take, I, I, I'm still on my hug platform here, so I'm going to finish this thought. But I mean, Fishman must be a hell of a lawyer for him to sneak in <laughs> sneak into that. Frankly, now that I'm talking it out right now, I'm playing through my head. Fishman might be my guy.
1: They should have hired Fishman instead of Ballin. I know, Ballin sucks. <laughs> What a 180. All right, I'm done. We're I'm out, done. out on ball. Leslie Ballin, hug for you. How? I mean, I know, Taylor, you have to be singing it in your head. The Rick Ross lines balling, balling. Balling, like balling. <laughs> like I played for Fishman. Like I played for Memphis. <laughs> Dude, we got to workshop that somehow. But good. <laughs> hug for Leslie Ballin. Wait, w- they,
0: they've they been on. They're tweeting out. i on their Twitter right now. They're tweeting out all their appearances that they've had on, like, podcasts and radio shows this week
1: we got to get ball. <laughs>
2: well, that's what you do. It's a hustle out there. You got to market the firm. You got to get out there. You got to get the next batch of clients and Ballin's going to have them for literally the next 50 years. Everyone is always, this is going to be the first line in his bio. It's not going to be the fact that he represented
1: some pretty high profile cases that he's already put up, but this is going to be number one. <laughs> let's, let's ask the chief to hook us up with Ballin. I got to get Ballin on the show.
0: Let's get the barn burner guys down to like, the yeah. the the doorstep of Ball and Ball and Fishman. It's I just looked at it. It's right in the center of downtown Memphis. Like steps to the courthouse and just a couple more steps to FedEx Forum. So if they're going down to a Memphis game, they're already going to be right there by BBF's office. BBF. <laughs>
1: <Did you> should... <laughs> I love that you just went straight into the acronym. Yeah, we'll 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 get the barn guys on it, especially the Chiefs. So this is our 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 request to get balling on here so my hug is going to mississippi valley state they set a record by losing to utah by 94 total american points 94 points it is the biggest ass whooping in division one basketball history when a d1 team plays another d1 team and so mississippi (laughs) valley state i a true hug for you insane move on in my in my estimation by larry Kristoviak in utah why why are you going ham on Mississippi Valley State? What save save some of those points for the conference schedule? Uh speaking of the conference, Pac 12, a combined 18 and one record. That ah. only lost. That only loss was uh as a result of attrition. ASU, those idiots, losing to Colorado. Best so conference I, in America. It would appear so, yes. Eighteen and one record for the Pac-12. Utah probably should have saved some of their their points for for the conference play. But Mississippi Valley State, good God, have some shame, man.
0: Do you know who the head coach of Mississippi Valley State is?
1: Come on, don't ask me stupid questions. Of course Easily. not, Lindsey Hunter.
0: Lindsey Hunter, yes, is
1: it really,
2: yes.
0: Like Detroit Pistons,
2: Lindsey Hunter. Yes, like Lindsey Hunter, Lindsey Hunter.
0: They lost. They've been bundled in every game this year, too. They played another game yesterday and lost 134-78 to 78 to the Central, Central Michigan Chippewas, to tie it back into my Edmund Fitzgerald reference there, because the legend does live on from the Chippewa and down to the big lake they call Gitchagume.
1: Fantastic stuff. All right. <laughs> we are done here. Enjoy the games this week. We'll catch you later on.